And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning, Hong Kong. It's May the 15th in the Fragrant Harbor. I'm Andrew Work here today with Michael Rouse. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Andrew. All right, let's do this. On Monday's Back Chat, we're going to talk about the Hong Kong $2 fare subsidy scheme and calls to tighten up the use of Joy U cards. Under the scheme introduced in 2012, residents above 60 and those with disabilities enjoy a concessionary fare of Hong Kong $2 on most public transport. While praise for encouraging the elderly to get out and about, the scheme has been taken advantage of by some residents alleged to have used relatives' cards. The Labor and Welfare Bureau estimates that in the past three years, around 25,000 people might have abused the program. Hawkish lawmakers suggest tighter penalties and a limit on daily commutes. Crack down or crack on with expanding the program. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And you're going to want to stick around for the second part of the show when we get the lowdown on how the F&B sector did on Mother's Day with Anna Clover Lamb Choluca from the Shore Hospitality Group of the many, the pizza pigs, the blind pigs, the, uh, the other pigs, the salted pigs, and more. So stick with us for that. But in the meantime, we are getting into transportation issues. Joining us from our studio in Admiralty, uh, welcome to uh, Hong Kong legend David Webb the editor of web.site. Good morning, David. Good morning, Andrew and Mike. Great to have you on. Uh, joining us as well, all the way from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, on the line is Alok Jain, CEO and Managing Director of Trans Consult. He uh, used to be the Operations Director at Kowloon Motorbus, knows a thing or two about buses and transport. Good morning, Alok. Good morning, Andrew and Mike. Good morning, guys. Great to have you both on the show. But but I want to start. Uh, we're talking today about the uh, fare subsidy scheme, and I just want to say it's, I'm really glad I'm on with Mike today because I remember Mike when you were about you were coming into the zone for getting the seniors discounts. I think you were still about a year away. I would run into you on the bus, and you would be telling me already how much you were looking forward to getting that discount. You were you were pumped up for it. I was, and I, because I think. Uh, of course, being a beneficiary is one thing, or declare an interest, but I think it was a very good idea uh, on two ways. One is that it encouraged people who reach retirement age not to be deterred from carrying on working by having a, an expensive commute, mm -hmm. um, the first thing. And secondly, for people who were locked up at home and did retire, it was a way of encouraging them or removing the disincentive to come out. Mm -hmm. and 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 socialize and i think those are two worthy things mm -hmm. um and uh, i was very happy i did have qualms when the qualifying age was lowered from 65 to 60. okay uh, i wrote about that i i thought it was not a good idea on two grounds one is that eventually it will become fiscally impossible uh, to to sustain um it was just a giveaway uh a, a nice thing to do, try and win win backing from the public or whatever, or those between 60 and 65 years old. Mm -hmm. But it, it would be unsustainable. And secondly, it sent a message that maybe you should be retiring at 60 instead of 65. But the reality of life now is that people should be working up to 65 and beyond. A lot of people do in this city. Right. So uh, I thought those were two wrong messages okay. from, that, from lowering the qualifying age. Hmm. Do we have evidence, uh, either David or Alec, do we have evidence of that it had this impact that more people, uh, more elderly people either stayed in the workforce or were more socially mobile? 
David? Um, I don't know that anyone could be able to prove that. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously, if, if it's cheaper to travel, then the economics tell you that people will travel more. Mm-hmm. For the reasons they're doing that, uh, it would be hard to deduce. I mean, even if you did surveys, they might not tell you exactly why they were doing it. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole scheme was misconceived from the start. I've always said uh, since 2013 when it was introduced uh, that it was crazy. Uh, it was going to cost more and more as the cohort of people who qualify expanded and then Carrie Lamb expanded it by another 600,000 people or so by, by dropping the age from 65 to 60 which is really a populist move on her part and she did a number of unpopular things in her term but this was one of the populist things um, and uh, the scheme uh, in the last year for which we have accounts and you can explore all of the government accounts on website.com we have uh, all the accounts back to 1998 mm-hmm. down thousands of line items including this it cost 1.4 billion Hong Kong dollars in the year to March 2022 before the threshold of age was reduced. Well, for most of that year, anyway. I think it kicked in in February of 2022. Mm. And we don't yet have the new accounts for March 2023. That's uh, only just a one and a half months ago. And, and comparables and, are going to be a little bit out of whack because so, of COVID, people were staying at home. And right? yes, uh, it did dip. Uh, in 2021, there was a big dip in the expenditure because fewer people were, were on the MTR and so on and working from home and whatnot. Um, but also, of course, there is another scheme called which, uh, which everybody qualifies for if they spend at least $200 a month. It's called the uh, Public Transport Fair Subsidy Scheme. And that costs even more. That costs $3.5 billion in the last... Uh, reported year. Um, so you add the two together, it's $5 billion. And most of the people receiving that don't need it in terms of welfare. Yeah, it's have- not means tested in any way. Uh, Mike Rouse, for example, is on a government pension and uh, can certainly afford his own transport fares. <laughs> uh, one of those defined uh, benefit pensions. Uh, I'm, I I'm certainly can afford it. Uh, and f- for me, basically, it's a life goal now to reach 60 in two years and four months' time. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and then and, and have have the damn card, but uh, you know I don't actually uh, need it. Uh, and um, the the government can't keep on creating non means tested uh, expenditure uh, and then wringing its hands about the lack of revenue to fund it. Mm. Uh, you can't just keep expanding the government footprint. You should focus the welfare on the people who really need it on the amount of CSSA, for example, the Comprehensive Social Security Assistance, for those who are, uh, you know, on their last uh, amount of uh, savings or have no income uh, and need the support. Mm -hmm. And and that way we can afford to do more for them uh, as long as we're not throwing money up in the air in schemes like this and the the $5,000 or $10,000 handout. $10,000 costs the government $70 billion dollars. Uh, that's equivalent to 14 years of these transport subsidies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also equivalent to about 7% of our accumulated uh, fiscal reserves. So if we keep on doing that, we'll be out of reserves fairly quickly. And, and yet now that they've started, there's a uh, to keep the public uh, perception of the government somewhat higher than it might be otherwise, they keep on handing out money. There, there's definitely some PR value in it for the government, but is is a real value for the for people of Hong Kong and the economy. Alok Jane, I'm going to give you a chance to weigh in and either back that up or play devil's advocate. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, to, to carry the, you know, to fully understand uh, why this scheme was even launched, I think let's go back to 2003 when it was first introduced. And at that time, the principle was the $2 fare was applicable only on Sundays and mm. week and on holidays, public holidays. And at that time, uh, you know, the principle was that there was enough ample capa spare capacity on public transport system, which could easily accommodate extra rise in passengers. And this $2 wouldn't cost anything. And it was totally unsubsidized from government purse. It was out of the initiative of transport operators completely. Right. So there's nothing wrong with, with commercial operators doing uh, whatever they want with their prices exactly. if they were allowed to do that. Of course, they're not. The MTR has a fair adjustment mechanism. Mm. Yeah, but what happened was the scheme proved to be quite popular and successful, and the government then at that time took it upon itself to use it as a social scheme. And I think that's when start, things started to go wrong. And not only that, I mean, that's one side. One side is, of course, the, uh, the fiscal impact of the government budget. The second part is that it also encourages a lot of elderly to travel during the peak, taking up the valuable capacity. As you know, any transport system around the world, it is designed mm. to handle the peak hour capacity in the morning and the evening. And if you have additional passengers during that period, uh, that creates an extra burden uh, on, on the transport system. And that is what is happening. Mm. So there is no means at the moment to discourage elderly who may not need to travel during the peak to move towards the shoulders of the peak because there is no incentive for them to do so. So we've actually got... So that's an operational problem mm. that has been created because of this. Yeah. And, and obviously, second thing we have to look at, I mean, I've been seeing that the calls to increase the fines beyond 500 Hong Kong dollar as if... I mean, the fi I certainly agree that the abuse needs to be stopped. But if you look at the fine system, Right now, what is the fine for illegal parking in Hong Kong, right? It's only 320 bucks. And this, this is, to me, an area where the, the focus of fines, we need to bring some parity. If a person who is abusing a public transport scheme where the price is only $7 full fare and somebody is using it for $2, so abusing it for 5 bucks, and you are imposing a $500 fine, but somebody parking illegally in Central gets a, only a $320 ticket, and they might be driving a million-dollar car. I mean, I think that it's not commensurate or proportional to the yeah. kind of, uh, you know, violation that a person is doing. So, yes, there should be some mechanism to stop the abuse. Well, the the fines for abuse wouldn't be necessary if the, the, if the subsidy wasn't available. So, yeah. um, you know, it, we only have to introduce fines if we have, if we have subsidies in the first place. Uh, the amount of subsidy that's being lost into these uh, uh, abuses is very small relative to the scheme as a whole. It's probably in the order of single yes. millions or tens of millions versus mm. uh, 1,500 million last year and probably over 2,000 million this year with the expansion of the age cohort. And so you have to put that in perspective. Um, Alok, you're quite right about the uh, deterrent effect. If you have only a small probability of being ticketed for $320 at, say, once every 10 hours or so of illegal parking, that works out at $32 an hour. That's pretty good value for being able to conveniently park on the street in Prince's, yep. outside Prince's building with your um, Alphard or whatever. Um, and uh, so that needs to rise. It hasn't been adjusted since 1994. The legislators mm. refused to do it the last time the government asked yep. them to do it. 
And maybe it's because they have chauffeurs who like to park illegally and, you know, yeah. that helps them. Whereas, uh, uh, you know, the fines for other things uh, uh, um, don't matter to them so mm. much. Uh, so yeah. there's a, uh, not so long ago, um, you had a high probability of being caught uh, and fined $5,000. It's quite obvious if you're not wearing a mask yeah. um, and you could be fined for doing that. Now, of course, you can be fined for wearing a mask in a public assembly, a um, similar amount. <laughs> um, uh, but that's 5000 and you're talking about $500 for using a hidden uh, green octopus card, which is quite hard to detect. You'd have to look at the person and listen for the high-pitched beep and judge whether they were uh, over 60 or not. And so, of course, they have a very low chance of being ticketed $500. That maybe would cost them an average of, you know, a 1% chance of being detected is $5. So that's still quite a good deal if you're only paying 2 Mm. And not to forget, there is a huge cost of detection. Uh, yes, yes. yes. So enforcement costs are prohibitive. So, so really, uh, what they're doing is what they can do, which is to have personalised one card each rather than multiple green cards per person. So if yeah. an elderly person or disabled person lends their JoyU card uh, to someone else, they won't be able to use it that day. Uh, so, so That day? You know, that's, well, until yeah. they get it back. If you get it uh, back from oh, the I relative. You, oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can only ha- it can't be in two places at once. There's uh, only one person who can use the card at any given time, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so, so that reduces the risk of fraud quite a lot. But obviously the question is, why do we even bother charging $2? Um, you know, exactly. uh, why, yeah. why not just make it zero or minus two to incentivize elderly people to get out? I mean, if, <laughs> if you're talking about an incentive, why not pay them to get out and use the transport system? Because that's basically what we're doing well, when do we you, charge $2 for a ferry ride to, to Lantau that would normally cost $40. Well, David, I'll, I'll give you a quick answer for that one. It's, uh, I know that in Alberta, when they introduce user fees at the hospitals, it's $5 Canadian. That's like roughly $4 U.S., uh, admittances to the emergency wards went down by 50%. I mean, it was yeah. almost nothing. We're talking like 25 Hong Kong dollars, and admittances went down by It depends 50%. on the relative cost of going to a GP. If it's free in Canada, uh, then, of course, the, the $5 is a, a deterrent to using the hospital I mean, A&E. Here, here they have the same issue with the hospital authority. Mm. So there's a minimum charge. I think it's 100 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah. It's not quite enough but, to deter so a people. Tiny, a tiny charge was, was, was a huge deterrent, I mean, as opposed mm. to no fee, which, was, which it was before. But I do want to get, and I know, I know Mike wants to, but we have a, you guys raised the question of cost of uh, monitoring, and I'm going to add in the cost of uh, selecting. So if you say this should only be going to people with CSSA, I've got a comment from Marcus who says, how about means testing and allowing FDH and unemployed $2 rather than tycoons? I mean, is the program at the point now where no, I don't means think you need to. The cost of I don't think you need to tell poor people how to use the subsidy they get. Okay, mm. if you provide a cash allowance in the form of CSSA um, or whatever elderly allowance you want to call it, means tested, uh, then they can decide whether to spend it on on walking to a swimming pool and using that or i think those might be free now anyway but mm. you know um or, or using it on transport or having a better lunch uh, or whatever it is that they that is important to them not not saying here's a subsidy but you can only use it if you take a public transport journey and then of course increase the load on the system so you're saying we already have a means testing system in place just give them more cash there and say oh now you get a little yes. bit more for transport but really you can use it however yep. you want Yes, I mean, if you can, if, if you means test people, you can afford to well, increase the, the the amount. So there, there is a Fair. 
there is something which means tested for the elderly, but there's also the uh, the fruit money, isn't mm. there, which isn't means tested. Right, uh, over 70 it's not. Yeah, it is yeah, a, yeah. there are two components there, yes, you're right. And, and again, that's something that uh, Donald Jung in his uh, term tried to tackle uh, by saying, well, look, we are going to increase fruit money, but only on a means-tested basis. Mm -hmm. And people, f certain legislators of the time, threw some fruit at him in LegCo. <laughs> literally. Uh, literally. Uh, and he backed down and increased it for everybody. Well, how and, and that is expensive, and increasingly so, because of the 70-year-old cohort right. expanding. And again, many I know many rich 70-year-olds who are entitled to it, and of course they take the free lunch, or, or beer money, or wine money, um, but it um, it shouldn't be public expenditure. You know, we don't we how, don't need to waste money that way. As a first step, if the Joy U cards were limited to those who got the fruit money, seventy and above. Well, you could certainly start that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean could if you we want walk to walk back but, this, but if you've done age thing, going to if, you, if you've done a bad problem, thing, Mike, maybe I mean, just we, we are shifting sand here. Yes. Because I thought of another abuse. That's the fundamental issue. That is, people will take the first bus that's going where they want to go. Yes. Not the cheapest bus. Well, this is the bizarre thing, Mike, that yes. the government is now putting out advertisements to elderly people saying, please wait for a short-haul bus. Right. Don't get on the first bus that arrives, which will cost you the same amount, $2. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's just nonsense. They're not... You know, they're rational beings... Uh, they don't want to stand up all day waiting for a uh, an extra bus to come along. They'll get on the first one that of, arrives. Of course so. they will. I'm thinking Queen's Road East, where there are three or four buses going along on the way you want to go, and uh, one of them is the good old number 10, which is, I think, the lowest fare on Hong Kong Island, and two of the others are tunnel buses. Mm. Um, but as far as the user is concerned, it's just $2.00. To, yes. Uh, to get on whichever is the first one going where he wants to go. Right, they don't care. And, mm. and you yeah. know, you can go uh, but, all but over. But you know who, who actually, who, what, who, I mean, to who this matters is the, is the bus operator or public transport operator because they get the differential yes. uh, subsidy from the government. So, you know, when they, any elderly to uses the system, they're entitled for half fare on the buses. And when you pay two bucks, the differential between the half fare and the two dollar is actually paid for by the government to the operator. Mm. So operators actually like this uh, small trips made by the by the elderly on these buses. Yes. And because they will take it take it for two stops and get off and the the operator gets the full money out of the government uh, funds and then they can still have the capacity in the system which other people can use. So it's it's an extra income that is a, yes. that is generated for the operator. Are we I mean when you look at this and the fact that government controls the MTR and then we have this you know, implicit subsidy to the bus systems. Are we moving towards a system like I think some European cities have actually just given up? They've said, "All right, all public transport paid for by the government, free but, to everybody." I mean, are we are we moving in that, that direction? That doesn't address uh, Locke's point, which is a legitimate one: the difference between peak and 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 off peak. Uh, you won't. Uh, yes, I sure. mean, you could just do it all fully subsidized, but then you would have no in, uh, none of the incentive structure to balance the load off-peak and on-peak right. on mm -hmm. and so on. I mean, the MTR, as Elot said in 2003, voluntarily had a, had a lower fare at weekends for the elderly. Right. Uh, it was their rational yep. self-interest that did that. Uh, I don't think any, anyone really pushed them into it. Uh, and... Um, exactly. That, that was a pure marketing scheme, yeah. Yeah, mm. so, so, you know, uh, and... and 
uh, there, there, there is or was a scheme on the MTR where you get a lower fare if you travel off peak in the morning. So I don't know if they still do that, but I to, to try and they, smooth things out. I think they do. They Early publicize bird. it for a little while. But I, but again, it's it's like when I went to get my uh, my uh, taxes back from the government uh, rebate scheme, and they went and said, "Oh, you don't have enough room in your octopus because we're also going to give you two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> as your, M- your your MTR subsidy." I was like, "What? <laughs> what is that? I didn't I didn't even know." Yes, you it's know one, I mean? one third of everything above two hundred at the moment. Frequent yeah. travel, absolutely more yeah. than a certain amount per month. And I think because yes. I think because I was coming in early for to, to to do radio shows in RTHK that I was getting a, like an early morning subsidy or rebate I'm, I'm not even sure so i'm questioning how I think much they had an early bird discount on the mtr well you don't yeah. get a rebate for early morning you you just are charged less fare okay right. yes and i, I didn't even type, know is the point there's some type also with minibuses i've noticed if if i go back home from the to the office from the studio and i use the minibus to the mtr and then use the mtr it seems to be cheaper on the mtr for that so I, I don't understand yeah, there's that. an intermodal discount Mm-hmm. With some of the minibus routes, when you're interchange you with know? NPR, there is an intermodal <laughs> discount. You get 30 sets off if you have a I, I knew change I was, yeah, None of this is subsidized, Mike. <laughs> no, uh, I knew I was getting it. I just didn't know why. discounts are subsidized. <laughs> they're not yeah. subsidized, so fine. I mean, you know, look, we're all in favor of... They're part of the marketing scheme that NPRC yeah. runs. It's part of their overall fare package. Mm. Um, I, I, I've got a guys. We got, how long have we got here? We got about three minutes. I'm wondering if I should save this email for the second half. No, I'll I'll, I'll pile it in now. Um, Phil B is, is got his claws out uh, specifically for you, David. He says, please tell Webb to stop whinging. He has a massive chip on his shoulder. Stop complaining and come up with sensible solutions. And David, in your in your defense, to start off, I'll say we invite you to come on the show. And you're you're one of the most intellectually and best research whingers in. All of Hong Kong history. Thank you. I, so I, I, I like to, to do so well here, give us a whinging. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you definitely always have solutions. Let's, let's get to that before the half hour and then more after. Give us Perhaps a Phil B would like it if we could afford to cut the tax rates because we weren't spending all this money on handouts so, uh, for people who don't need them. Mm-hmm. So means testing, cut taxes, and we could actually give more to people who need it. There's something yes. you can do also on, on penalties, which is not linked to the $500. Any uh, incident of abuse of the card, that person loses their entitlement to a Joy U card forever. Yeah. How about that? And the person who used the card wrongly what if, what if ceases to be eligible ever. What if their grandson had nicked the uh, elderly person's card and was using it? No, well, that would it's definitely be my defence. Family discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... but uh, I mean, any fine system, I think, um, I'll go back to this. I mean, I'm not against imposing any fines uh, for any kind of abuse, but it has to be commensurate. What is happening at the moment is people, we are talking about increasing fines of, you know, punitive action against people who are taking public transport, and we then let go of everyone who uses car and and them cheaply. So, yeah, fines should be increased, but it should be across the board. We should probably, uh, you know, review the entire abusive uh, structure or punitive structure yeah. uh, for transport. Well, in, in the case Kong. of illegal parking for million-dollar cars, um, any, almost any amount of fine isn't going to be a big deterrent if it doesn't happen regularly. So it would be better to... Yeah, take to, the licenses away. I mean, uh, well, or, the same or, logic, or at least, right? um, <laughs> at least tow them away and make it inconvenient uh, so that, yes. you know, you have to go and collect your Alphard from some remote spot in the New Territories. Exactly right. And the owner has to go personally, Yes, not send a chauffeur. Yeah, the director of the company that owns it, you mean? Yes. <laughs> either way, yeah, the, 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 the passenger is, is out of a ride and will have to use public transport for a while. So, you know, 
There you yes. go. He'll get his joy you card quickly after that. They'll be out of commission. Okay, so I think I think consensus to this point, and I'm glad that you guys are going to be joining us after the half hour, after a very quick break for the news. Uh, it's only the one minute news uh, during back chat every day. Uh, so let's see. So so far we have we have a we have a, a means tested system. Direct the money to people who actually need it. And try to keep maybe the two dollar scheme twenty four you know twenty four hours a day isn't appropriate because we're having old people loading up on the transport during peak hours. So maybe we can get more people in the right place at the right time with more money and not so much money for people that can afford it, like me, that don't even know we're getting a subsidy <laughs> until we cash it in. Um, we're going to continue after the half-hour break with the news with David Webb, the editor of Website, and Alok Jain, who is the CEO and Managing Director of Trans Consults, uh, formerly of Kowloon Motorbus, where he was the uh, Deputy of Operations Director, so he knows about operating and the money coming in the door. We're going to have a quick look at the weather. Uh, we are looking at sunny intervals today. Oh, good. Yesterday was quite rainy. The maximum temperature today will be around 26 degrees, uh, light to moderate northeasterly winds. Next couple of days, we're going to have some uh, sunny intervals, and the temperature will be rising. Stay tuned for the news, and then we're going to be back with more back chat. Right now, it's 24 degrees Celsius and 83% humidity. And now the news with Andrew Shirosky. A progressive opposition party appears to have won the most votes in Thailand's parliamentary election, with almost all ballots counted. Move Forward is ahead of the other main opposition party in Poor Thai. The two parties are on course to have a substantial majority of seats, but their efforts to form a government may be blocked by members of Thailand's Senate, whose members have been handpicked by the military. With most ballots counted in Turkey's crucial general election, there doesn't appear to be a clear winner. Official figures indicate that President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has achieved just under 50% of the vote. His secular opposition rival, Kemal Kilic Darulu, is on around 45%. And police are hunting for three men after a gang of knife-wielding robbers staged a daylight raid on a watch shop in Tunmun yesterday. They got away with luxury watches worth $15 million. I'll have more news at 10. The new law against drug driving is now in effect. Police may require drivers to undergo preliminary drug tests and provide blood and urine specimens. Driving after taking heroin, ketamine, methamphetamine, cannabis, cocaine or MDMA is an offense, even if the driver does not show any signs of being under the influence of these illicit drugs. The driver is liable to imprisonment for up to three years, a fine of $25,000 and disqualification from driving for life. To raise a child well, you may try to be a perfect parent and may expect too much from your child. If you feel that your expectations have caused you great stress, learn to relax and give yourself some space. Learn to let go and give your child room to develop. Accompany your child in different stages to help them grow up happily, hand in hand. Connect with love and grow together. And we're back on Back Chat. Uh, that was the news with Ben Chair. I'm Andrew Work. I'm here with Mike Rouse. We're uh, doing back chat, uh, continuing with David Webb, the editor of Website, and Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of Trans Consult, talking about public fare subsidies. We're also joined on the line now by Timothy Ma, the Chief Consultant at Ma Kam Wah & Co. Good morning, Timothy. 
Hey, good morning. Timothy, you're, you're coming a little bit late to the party. We've been thrashing it out. So far, the consensus is that uh, perhaps the government, not perhaps, uh, the consensus seems to be that the government already has a means-tested system for directing money to people who need it. Maybe we should be doing more of that and less of giving money away to people who don't need it and who are maybe clogging up the public transport during peak hours when we're trying to move people off public transport at peak hours. What, what else do you want to bring to the conversation about this $2 subsidy uh, scheme and the, and the uh, joy use scheme? Well, I, I think first of all, we have to make sure, clear the positioning of the $2, not subsidy, but the, the concessionary to the people aged 60 or above. I think this is a good move that the government recognized the contribution and also the need of the people aged 60 that still need to be moving around. And to me, I, I am now <clears throat> aged at 66, and I start to enjoy this benefit from last year. And I'm also, well, uh, see that why the government certainly lower the age limit to 60, because I think they recognize that most of the people aged at 60 still need to move around. And also it is a way to encourage socialization, hoping that they can still keep active. But to me, I think if you can see that for those who are still active in 60 to 65, they are still working. I think this well, people, maybe we, what we need is to give 50% discount instead of $2 subsidy, then I think this will, will make the situation more presentable and also more objectively. So, Timothy, are you saying that we should uh, ask people to prove that they are not working in order to get the $2 scheme between 60 um, and 65? I, I, don't think, I don't mean that. I, I just want to say that maybe for those aged below 65, no matter they are still working or not, but maybe the benefit to them can be 50% discount is already good enough because I think some of them really have a lot to contribute to their family. And then just like uh, taking their grandkids to schools in the early morning and all this contribution, maybe half of the cost to be shared by the family instead by the government. Yeah. I mean, that would be for them to work out. Another reason that we want older people to uh, have this discount maybe it's because a lot of them are working are continuing to work but in typically low-income jobs uh, you know mm -hmm. and we, we see evidence of that every day around hong kong uh mm -hmm. elderly people working in, in cleaning positions you know things security yep. low-income jobs um well they get they yeah. they, they qualify often for subsidies right. in their wages as well so Mm -hmm. uh, there's a top-up scheme for that. We have a welfare system that makes sure that there's a safety net for people who can't earn enough to look after themselves mm -hmm. um, for and, whatever and reason. One more view I would like to express is that yeah. the public transport company, now they, they, they actually do not contribute any single dollar into this scheme. Instead, government have to pay them full fare. So how about we are talking about ESG or CSR, so them also contribute some to this scheme? Mm. Okay, uh, I think, Alec, you've got some clarification on how much the bus companies well, get or the transport companies. Let, let's get the facts correct there. The, the difference that the government has to pay is the bus companies and the train companies are already offering half fare, and the government only subsidizes the difference between the $2 and the half fare. Um, only over 65, charging, yeah. The half fare only applies to those over 65. to the general public because I don't think uh, most of people know about this arrangement. Mm. I'll tell you, Mike, Mike Rouse does. He well, carries two, he carries two cards. Papers. I think it's all there. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, but the, the health fare scheme only applies in most cases to people over 65. There was a small number of city bus routes. That's correct, yeah. That, that, that city bus at 60. $60. 60 years, yeah. Okay, Mike's got his two cards out in That's front of right. me. That's right. I've got two cards. I've got my JoyU card and my green card. Uh, <laughs> I want to combine them because I'm now so old. I qualified three times over. But I, I want to yeah. combine them. But it's the old green card that's my registered for my handouts, where I would not like to say I totally agree with David. I thought the, the $10,000 was... Uh, extraordinary, and the, uh, and to do it again, albeit on a with only five thousand, was almost scandalously imprudent. Um, that yeah, money. The, gov the government's been paying for my supermarket uh, shopping, not yeah. not me, but my helpers. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, those ten thousand and five thousand bucks. It's uh, and and I can go on. This this was the biggest abuse that we offered to people. People who don't even live in Hong Kong, people who are living in Canada and Singapore, are getting this subsidy from Hong Kong yes. government. Yes, the ten thousand was enough to. to fly back mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Although the fares have gone yeah. up now. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you had to do three weeks quarantine. Yeah. So yeah, that, Mike, that, that was time. a bit of a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, if you have a family of five, then it's still worth it. Uh, sure, yeah. So, so gentlemen, uh, bringing us back to this. So, how much is how much are these various programs costing the government? And and is there any kind of a, a hard cost benefit analysis, even even one if, that kind of dips into the fuzzy area of value? You have society? to look at the the overall fiscal system. It is badly in need of overhaul, and the way we do welfare, uh, including housing. Uh, there's been talk recently about closing so-called loopholes in the means-testing scheme for public rental housing. But the real issue is why do we still have government acting as a landlord as well as a welfare provider by owning all of the public rental housing and then charging people a token rent of 10% of the median income, which is much less than most people spend in the private sector, mm. um, and then w wondering why they don't downsize when their kids leave home and apply for their own units, because why not? You've got a three-bedroom unit, you're only paying 2000 a month for it, um, and you can afford that uh, with, with your... Um, almost with your fruit money for a couple. So, so why bother uh, downsizing? And therefore, we've got very inefficient use of land um, from people living in PRH because the government uh, can't politically bring themselves to test people properly and, and, and force them to downsize. And we just keep building more of it. And it'd be much better to provide means-tested public rental vouchers and allow people to live anywhere they want with that voucher topping it up if they choose um, and per capita so that when their children grow up uh, the, the um, benefit goes to them and not to the parents. Uh, uh, people can move around the Hong Kong get closer to their latest job as a security guard or a cleaner or whatever it is that they're doing, bus driving, um, and, and not worry about the commuting costs so we don't need to worry about subsidising those transport fares and so on. You know, the whole thing needs to be more flexible and more efficient. Um, and the housing is probably, because of its hidden, hidden subsidy in the discounted rents, is, is probably the largest piece of our welfare system if you actually cost it properly. Right, okay, comment from Housing yep. Estate Brett. Uh, he says, having had, the having had the Capital Works indirect land tax monkey on our collective back since 1982, anyone who manages to survive to the age of 60 deserves a little break for the remaining days. Thanks, Brett. And uh, this one might go to David. 
TC, regular contributor, says, I think there should be restrictions on this use of this benefit for the elders. For example, the discount should only apply outside of the morning and afternoon rush hours. Yeah, lots of consensus here. This would prevent overcrowding. Furthermore, I think something should be done about the waste in fares, such as someone uses the Joy U card to get on long cross-harbor routes but gets off after two stops, which we discussed earlier. I have seen, uh, okay, that's the end of TC, beginning of Andrew work. I have seen other systems where you, you buzz in and off buses. Yeah, and you can on some of these long-haul routes. Singapore does that, yeah. But yeah, should we be doing it If you're only paying $2, there's no incentive to uh, buzz out. You just get off the bus, and who's going to stop you? Mm -hmm. Who's going to check? I mean, I mean, would you maybe reduce mm -hmm. the subsidy that you would give to the bus company then? Like the per so the, it doesn't change for the person who's using it. They buzz in, buzz off. To them, it's still $2, whatever. But the government's like, oh, they only rode two stops. Bus company, the, the, you're getting less. The government won't know unless they're using tracking devices on their phones or something. They won't know <laughs> exactly, they yeah. got off the bus early. <laughs> so well, well, that's, what, that's why I'm asking. Should we have a, a buzz-out system like that? Well, I have to ask. First of all, we'd have to install buzz-out devices everywhere yeah. on every bus. That would be expensive. One at the, one yes. at the exit as well as so the one at the entrance. You have to have a sort of turnstile yeah. to make sure you do buzz out. Otherwise, you'll just step through the door. So, you know, yeah. or, or put a, a conductor uh, on the bus. That would create some uh, jobs. But, yes. you know, <laughs> you know well, but I, I think uh, well, having to... Uh, that will justify keeping the subsidy, let me tell you. Can oh, help. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Tim mm -hmm. Timothy, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I think uh, the, the, when you get off the bus, you have to attach on the machine to get off the fare. It's, I think it's a, a good way to remind the people that you have to be cautiously using this public transport and also the scattered resources. But I think the issue is that whether it requires a change of the ordinance or it requires some uh, installation cost of the public transport company and who's going to pay for this. Yeah. I mean, how much is this baked into the profits and dividends being kicked out by the bus companies? Is, is, if, they, if, if we significantly reduce these subsidies in some of the ways that we're talking about, would the bus companies be on their knees or would they? Uh... They're already losing money, I think. Yeah. Well, well, they... well bus companies should not be, should not be uh, giving out any subsidies per se uh, if they cannot justify. They are supposed to all operate on commercially prudent principles. That's, the, that's something enshrined into Hong Kong's public transport system. So obviously, bus companies would not offer this subsidy. But, and, and the only way they can balance the books at the moment is by keeping the fares the way they are. I mean, which is they are offering 50% discount to the elderly once they reach the age of 65. And anything that the government wants to do as a part of the political or social initiative, and that has to be borne by the government welfare scheme. Yeah, the not answer, by the Andrew, is, is at, mm. at the margin, you would have to raise the other fares because there's a cross-subsidy between the subsidy yeah. from the government and the fares that everybody else pays. Because if you had uh, elderly people uh, paying half fares rather than $2, there would be fewer journeys and so less revenue for the bus companies. Uh, and the MTR, and consequently, if they want to, to even that out, they'd have to pay charge a bit more on their fare structure. Uh, but that whole thing is, uh, uh, again, uh, not market-based. It's uh, all, all bus fares, all taxi fares, all have to be approved by the chief executive in council. Uh, we do not have a free market in Hong Kong right. in the transport system, mm -hmm. and yeah. there are many issues surrounding that, including... Uh, uh, the caps on the numbers of minibuses that hasn't changed since 1996 
Numbers right. of licensed taxis, again, numbers of hire car licenses. That's why Uber is basically illegal uh, or, and its competitors, Grab and Lyft and so on, haven't even started um, mm. uh, because uh, of the government's restrictive practices and protectionism of taxi license owners. There's a whole number of aspects of the transport system that need overhaul here. Certainly, I'm just thinking Absolute. that parking on a meter is, I think, $2 for a quarter of an hour. Yes, but, the government um, tried to raise that and, and Legco said... No, I don't know why. And now it's 30-odd it's <laughs> per hour in, in uh, a commercial car park. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, it ought to be... A, it's actually more convenient to park on the street, so it ought to be a premium, you know, um, but it's not. And, of course, then triads tend to monopolise the parking That's meters. That's the triads happy, yeah. Um, and, and they, and they uh, you know, rent out the meters to the restaurants in the areas. So let's see. Yeah. We got we got to, we got to keep alpha owners happy uh, with the cheap parking uh, fines. We've got to keep the elderly happy with their low cost tickets. We've got to keep the triads happy. We've got to keep the bus companies happy. The MTR has got to continue. And the owners of the bus licenses and the taxi licenses, because those are worth millions of dollars. Well, there we are. <laughs> Everyone's happy. What's what's the problem here? I mean, our... well, only the taxpayers have the problem. <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Ma, are we hitting a, are we hitting a balance of uh, equally acceptable unhappiness across all these interest groups? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we have to think again why the government introduced this wonderful scheme. Their purpose is to encourage uh, mobility and socialization. And if we set too much uh, limit and also discouragement, and then how we can find the people, old people can be engaged. And, and I think we, we seems that uh, we are looking only for the economic outcome expenses, but not talking about social return from this good scheme. I, I think we have to adopt a more balanced will to these uh, measures. Yeah. Mm, all right. I, I think we're going to have to wrap it up, guys. Call time there. Uh, but it's been a great discussion. I mean, we could have done this for another hour. I mean, but I'm just imagining if they did introduce a scheme whereby the elderly couldn't travel during those peak hours. Imagine them rushing to get on the train before the end of the peak hour. You know, before the end of the, before the prices went up. And then, you no, know. it's good exercise, isn't it? It would, <laughs> I can see myself fighting my way through, like, you know, as they're all, I'm late for work <laughs> and they're all trying to get on before the end of the, uh, the cheap rates hours. Thank you very much to David Webb, editor of uh, website, Alok Jane, CEO and managing director of Trans Consult, former deputy operations director of Kelly Motorbus, and Timothy Ma, chief consultant at Ma Kamwa and Co. for joining us on the show today. Stay tuned. We're going to get into it, uh, talking about restaurant, the restaurant business on Mother's Day. This is Back Chat. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Happy 95th birthday, RTHK. Thank you so much for 95 years of public broadcasting service. Keep up the amazing work. I'm Jill YC. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. All right. And we're back on Backchat. I'm Andrew Work here with Mike Rouse kicking off the week. And yesterday was Mother's Day. Hope everybody did something nice for their mothers if they still have them. Mothers of their children if they don't. Somebody else's mother. Maybe if, you know, you work your way down the list. Uh, but we have a uh, spectacular mother on the line right now. Anna clover Lamb Chaluka is the Director of Sales and Marketing at the Shore Hospitality Group. Anna, good morning. First time on the show, I believe. Hi, Andrew. Yes, good morning. First timer. <laughs> Great to have you.
you on. Uh, just a bit of background for our, our listeners. Uh, I know you were, you were a high-flying uh, finance professional known as the, uh, the Queen of Bloomberg in the local <laughs> office in Hong Kong, where uh, everybody that knew and loved you there before you followed your heart and it landed in the restaurant uh, and hospitality sector. Fair? Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, today, yep, with working with my husband. So <laughs> great. So a labor, yeah. a labor of love, and and to give people a bit of uh, perspective on the background you have, what what is your restaurant group, the Shore Hospitality Group, encompass briefly? Uh, yeah, sure thing. So uh, Shore Hospitality Group, we've got four different brands, and they're all around different neighborhoods and or shopping malls. Uh, our first one is the Salted Pig with four branches, um, and we have the Pizza Pig, uh, two branches. And uh, the Blind Pig, which is a sports bar and a seafood restaurant called Colin Pistol. All right. Sounds good. So, so uh, gotcha. So, so first of all, uh, Mother's Day. I hope, I'm sure your family took care of you, yes? Yes, and I feel good today because I had a day of doing absolutely nothing. Okay, <laughs> great, good. I had to, had, to, had to get that out of the way. I'm sure you did. So, but I mean, in, in terms of the restaurants, you know, we've been talking a lot on the show about how the restaurant and uh, restaurant and bar and hospitality sectors are faring. Um, does Mother's Day make a difference? I mean, do you do you see? I mean, for you guys, do you see a boost in sale? And how does it compare to a normal Sunday or even, you know, Mother's Day's pre-COVID? Yep. Uh, Mother's Day has generally always been very good for us. Um, I think Mother's Day is so special because everybody wants to celebrate their moms or their aunties or who everybody who has had an influence of their life as a mother. Um, so for us at our group, uh, Mother's Day has always been uh, one of our top selling um, holidays or festival days. And um, I would say that uh, it also, though, depends on the weather. So as an example, oh. yesterday, it was pouring all yeah. day long. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. didn't even stop. Um, so I would say that uh, in comparison to other Mother Day years where it's sun shining and everything, our sales are definitely higher than when it's raining. Um, but then not to say uh, where um, a lot of our locations of our restaurants, some are where it's seaside and you know ground floor where you walk to versus some are in shopping malls. So definitely those in shopping malls fared better than oh. those that yes, are, of course. you know, Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not affected by the weather. There's, and there's one thing I wanted to ask you. That is, mm-hmm. uh, everyone wants to make a special effort with their mum. So that mm-hmm. would, the, the volume of business in terms of people going into restaurants would obviously be up. But the restaurants also take advantage, don't they? They, they increase the prices for set menus and, and things like that. Uh-huh. Special, special packages. Do they, special packages. Yeah, I mean, it- I have uh, lunch as it happens every Sunday in one particular venue, which I won't name, the shouldn't be more, and suddenly the price is up 30% because it's Mother's Day. But it's the same food that we had in the buffet last week. Mm. Uh, what's so the justification is, so for you're that? So not, you're not naming names, Mike, which, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't name names, but I mean, what, so this is like I'm a hotel, hotel buffet? No, this is, I'm talking, this is a standard practice. That seems to be across the board. Everyone's doing it. That's why I didn't name them. But what kind of restaurant? Is it Chinese buffet or is it like a hotel Western buffet? It's or? a Western buffet. Western buffet. Okay. Uh, Anna, do, do you guys have special marketing plans and jack up prices and all that kind of stuff? Is, is that required to do um, well on Mother's Day or not? Well, so I think generally all restaurants or hotel restaurants would do well on Mother's Day um, be just because it's the day that nobody wants their moms to be cooking or doing anything, washing the dishes. So it's definitely going to be a busy day. So for us, we um, don't do any sort of special menu for Mother's Day, nor do we jack up prices. Um, and also, 
you know, ongoing, um, our company for our restaurants have ongoing promotions. So for us, rather than, um, you know, having a set menu or, you know, jacking up the prices, what we generally do is we like to give something back to our moms. Mm. So we do giveaways. Um, uh, for example, this year we gave away little teddy bears that can also be used as a towel. Or last year we gave away macaroons. And the previous year we gave away uh, flowers. So all they had to do was come eat. Um, with our menu, which is a la carte, and um, no additional pricing added just because it's Mother's Day. And, um, yeah, just really giving back to the moms and showing them how much we also at Shore Group love them. Um, so, so, yeah, so we, we, we're a little different. I mean, you, you know that you know the business is coming. So, I mean, so are you guys are taking a different approach, Michael. Yeah, I think that sounds commendable, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And having sort of the standard price is the standard price, mm. and there's more mm-hmm. business because more people are coming. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. But when it's the same product and it's sort of oh Valentine's Day, uh, oh hell, how high can we push it? You know, if the guys want to, <laughs> yeah. they want to entertain the girls. Uh, uh, the girls. <laughs> If you entertain them right, that could lead to its own reward. Um, yeah. So we can charge double what we normally charge. No, I don't. I don't like that at all. I wanted to ask Anna about staffing. I'm getting lots of reports of people struggling to hire enough staff. How's it for you? I would say it's the same for us. Um, it's it's definitely since the past few years um, during COVID, even prior to COVID, staffing was hard. Um, we are always looking. And, um, you know, either uh, we have people who ask for maybe extra days off or, you know, a certain uh, salary, but uh, definitely it's hard. There's so many choices out there for them to work, and it's always about the benefits, right? So um, if they do start with us, they might find some place else that will pay $100 more uh, monthly. So, you know, people also switch really fast. They move really fast, if, mm. even if they come join you. So, yeah, it has been really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that uh, we struggled with is staffing, and we really want to, I don't know, kind of change the mindset of how people think. You know, like here you're, you're you know, in the F&B industry, um, and you should love it and be passionate about it. So it's not just about the dollar, right? So we try to make it fun, where we are in our company or, um, you know, we, we do as much as we can for our employees to hope that they stay. Mm. Is it, is it affecting you kind of at the level of like, uh, your, your base level waiters or is it chefs in the back or cleaning staff or is it managers as well? Or, or do you see, uh, you know, people who've been waiters for a long time getting bumped up to management because there are more opportunities out there for them to advance because of the shortage? Yeah. Um, it's, it's impacting definitely the cleaning, um, um, staff as well as uh, chefs and, you know, the regular servers. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, those who are managers and head chefs, they, they definitely are, uh, work, who work with us are, are quite um, um, loyal, <laughs> no. I guess you could say, yeah. 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 And uh, coming coming back to the whole the whole Mother's Day concept. And Mike, I was right with you about the thing about Valentine's Day, because I mean, can't and correct me if I'm wrong, but Cantonese mothers are probably more practical than Cantonese girlfriends. 
And I can, I can say that having, you know, having had a Cantonese girlfriend who became the Cantonese mother of my children. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, they're, they're a little bit less susceptible. You know, they'll, they'll be sitting there like, oh, don't get the most expensive this or no, we don't need that. I mean, that's so taikwaya. You know, like, is that, is it, do, do you see that impact on Mother's Day? And I, I guess the other thing is that high margins are in, in alcohol and, you know, mothers coming in with kids probably tend not to drink so much, like if they're out on a hen's night. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is it, is it kind of, is, is it a low, little bit of a, you know, kind of just as much busyness, but maybe a little bit lower on the revenue profit side? Uh, so first off, um, I am a Cantonese, uh, was a girlfriend and now a mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely would say if I'm having Mother's Day, I'm going to have a couple bottles of bubbles. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like, I like how you roll. <laughs> That's definitely how I roll. <laughs> so um, I would say that, you know, our, our average checks aren't lower. I think... I think it's a day that moms are like, even though, you know, they may have to still do whatever they have to do on, on the Sunday, but I think they'll have that glass of bubbles, um, you know, or that glass of cocktail. Um, so I think the, you know, the revenue side, it, because of whether or not um, most moms, whether they do drink or not, it hasn't really been impacted. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think... I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you've, yeah. so you've had you've had Christmas, New Year's, uh, Valentine's Chinese, Day? Chinese New Year, oh, a little Chinese bit. Valentine's Day, big one. St. Patrick's Day, big big drinking revenue uh, event. We've had Mother's Day. Um, do you go into a little bit of a drought until the end of the, like? I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Are there any other big restaurant? Exactly. When is Father's oh, Father, Day? Father's Day. No, even fathers don't know when. Father's when is Day. If fathers don't know when Father's Day is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how do you how do you cover off? Do you do you have like a, a tentpole event for the next few months where you can uh, you know have some special days that you know are going to be big drivers uh, to the restaurants? Are there any on your radar? Yeah, well, definitely Father's Day, which I believe is the second Sunday. Now, I could be I should know this, but I believe it should be the second Sunday in uh, in June. Um, though Mother's Day revenue is always higher than Father's Day, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, we get uh, the short yeah. straw again. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do we follow the American days? What? Whatever happened to the British days? That's a good question. I've heard some Brits raise that issue. Why are we doing American yeah, Mother's Day? The, the Brits call it Mothering Sunday or something, and it's a different day. Yeah, it well, is. Or even I think like. For the Chinese, it's different days, too. So I think we should be celebrating it every single day, to be <laughs> honest, mothers and fathers. <laughs> as yeah. long as we don't have Valentine's Day every day, because flowers just go through the roof. Well, then I think the United Nations or somebody came up with Children's Day, and I was like, are you kidding me? Every day is Children's Day. Yeah, every day is Children's Day. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm, I'm fully expecting our many children listeners to uh, send in their, their protests at my <laughs> my assertion. So, right, so Anna, so how are you feeling about the industry overall? I mean, I, obviously, you know, between, yeah. the, between the protests and COVID, it's been the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, we've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, how are you feeling overall? Uh, we feel pretty good. I... I it's a little slow, I have to say, um, you know, thinking that maybe by March we'd be picking back up with all of the restrictions coming down. Um, but it really hasn't gone up as what we expected as previous years. Um, believe it or not, during COVID, around this time, we did even better. Okay. So, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I really have, you know, strong um, beliefs and hopes in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is an amazing city. And now that with the tourists coming back in um, and the borders opening up, I think that we are going towards greatness. All right. Um, 
That's but it's just slower. But right. I think, yeah, I feel really good about Hong Kong. All Definitely. right. Thanks for finishing yeah. on that positive note. Anna Cloverland Chaluka, Director of Sales and Marketing, Shore Hospitality Group. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks to Mike Rouse. Good fun today. Yeah. Thanks, Raphael Blatt, our producer and sound man, James Lung. This has been Back Chat. <laughs>